Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Wasn't um, the worship this evening just wonderful? So blessed by our team and Pastor Mark for just leading us so beautifully. Thank you. And I just, oh, I love when the, he always lingers, doesn't he? He never leaves us. But I just sense tonight, like, there's an opportunity for us just to, like, come in close again. And we never have to leave the place of his presence. We know that. But when Pastor Mark was speaking, or actually earlier in worship, I saw a picture of um, a rib cage and chest cavity and, and a pair of, you know, lungs. And I saw them just like in and out, in and out, in and out. And they were deep breaths and long breaths and beautiful and healthy. And I felt like God is saying that He's increasing our capacity just to know Him in His presence and breathe deeply of Him. And it's like He breathes out and we breathe in. And knowing Him in the place of intimacy, in the place of rest, the heart rate, the breaths weren't short and sharp and <laughs> panicked, but there was just a contentment in the breath. And knowing Him in His presence and going into deep places with Him. It's not difficult or strain or hard work, but there's something about just lovers' rest that feels safe and at home on the chest of their beloved. It's not panicked or insecure or anxious at all, but we can just do this all day. And I feel like that tonight, there's just this invitation just to do this all day, effortlessly. The thing about breathing is that you do it day and night and you're totally unaware that you are. You have breathed all day today. And you breathed when you walked up the steps and you continue to breathe in worship. And if you notice what's happening to your body right now, you're breathing still effortlessly. And I just sense like tonight, there's just an invitation for us to be found effortlessly in his presence. Just like that. Just like that. And as I was driving in, I saw a picture, um, not a picture, I apologize, I saw an um, advertisement, and it said, thirst-crushing refreshment. And I felt like there was some here tonight, and you feel like you need some thirst-crushing refreshment. Some thirst-crushing refreshment. And I was reminded of Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Rested breath. It's from his presence that we rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm reminded again, oh, I was also reminded of the woman at Samaria who he said to her, if you knew who it was who asked you for a drink, you would have asked him for a drink and he would have given you living, living water. And so I feel like tonight, this for a moment, why don't we just ask for a drink? If you feel like you need that thirst crushing refreshment tonight, the place of knowing the lover of your soul in rest, where we abide naturally breathing in and out of his presence, just close your eyes and put your hands up and wait upon him. 
And I thank you, Lord, that he who thirsts of you, drinks of you will never thirst again. And so, God, we take a big drink tonight. We take a big drink of your living water, of your presence, God. I thank you, Lord. It's what we are created for. It's what we're created for, to know you in intimacy. Lord, I thank you. You made a way that we would never be part from your presence or separate from you. So that I just release, Lord, living waters of refreshing tonight. Living waters of refreshing in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Living waters of refreshing, Lord, for everyone. For everyone. Whether you feel... Yeah, even just a little depleted or like your tank's quite low. I feel like God's saying that I have maximum capacity for you and not even that he's expanding your capacity, expanding your ability to carry his presence, expanding the cavity of your chest to actually breathe long and breathe deep. And even in the natural, you can train, like deep sea divers train themselves to breathe underwater for, you know, 10, 15 minutes at times even. It's extraordinary. And I feel like God is saying that there is an invitation to come and just drink and breathe deep of my presence. Breathe deep of my rest. There's a supernatural capacity I hear him saying that he's inviting you into in this season. I feel like there are some of you tonight who feel like you're at the end of your capacity, almost like the end of your rope. And God's saying that I'm giving you supernatural capacity tonight to do what felt like was not just difficult but impossible for you to do. I feel like there are some that you feel like the last couple of months of this year is an uphill battle, but God is saying, no, I am increasing your capacity to breathe in this season. I'm increasing your capacity to hold your breath, and it's not holding on your breath for dear life, but it's knowing Him in the secret place, and that's where we hold on to. That's where we find our life source, and it sustains us. It sustains us. It sustains us. And I I feel like I'm saying that you've been in training this year. There's some of you that you have felt like you've had one of the most hectic years ever. And I feel like God's saying that it's training for the prize. Run as those who would run to win a prize, the Word tells us to do. And so He's inviting us into that in this space this evening. But we're fueled by His presence. We're anchored in His love. We're anchored in His glory. Apart from me, you can do nothing he says, he teaches us. And so I'd encourage you, be found in his presence. Be found breathing deep. Be found drinking deep of his love. Let him teach you to abide. Let him teach you what it looks like to have a drink. To never thirst again. To never thirst. I mean, in the kingdom, we're never satisfied. But I'm saying to never be lacking again. He died so you could know the fullness, the fullness of all He is. And it's available for you every moment of every day. You're never meant to go dissatisfied. <laughs> all satisfaction is found in Him. Everything pertaining to life and godliness is found in Jesus Christ. And He's given all of Himself for you. So we receive it tonight, Father. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Wow. So just rest tonight. We're going to have a good time together. We're going to enjoy His presence. Amen. I, um, I am excited <laughs> about the word that I feel like the Holy Spirit's giving me, given me tonight. I feel like it's certainly for this Glory City Church, for this house and our network, but I actually boldly feel it is for the body of Christ. 
um, in this nation and, and even globally. I really sense that this is a word that he's calling his body into uh, in this season. And um, I want to tell you a little bit of a story, and it's, it's not really a story, it's a true event, that took place last Saturday. And some of you might be aware of it, um, but there's a Kenyan marathon runner named Iliad Kip- Kipchoge. Iliad Kipchoge. Last Saturday, he, began, he became the first man to run a marathon under two hours. I was watching this race, and at one point I heard the commentator say, I never thought I would see this in my lifetime. They say that what he has done is significant as when Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile. And they're expecting that more and more and more will come after him. Just so you understand the gravity of the situation of what it means to run 42 kilometers in less than two hours, I'm going to read you a couple of stats, okay? Here we go. His time worked out to be an average of two minutes and 50 seconds per kilometer. That is the equivalent of 68 seconds per 400 meters, or better still, 17 seconds per 100 meters for two hours. 17 seconds per 100 meters for two hours. You guys, it's out of the spot. I don't think I can run, like I think I can probably, if I'm really fit and tried really hard, might be able to run 100 meters in 17 seconds on a good day. It's outrageous. And they say he ran the perfect race on the perfect course, which was actually purpose built for him. For this event, he ran in Vienna, in Austria, which is at um, you love Austria. That sits at sea level, which means there is maximum maximum oxygen available to him. He ran on a loop in a park that was mostly flat. Which meant, obviously, that there was no pressure on inclines. I think it, the highest was like 2.34 meters or so. And not only that, he ran with a team of men around him to recreate like a, a, like a race formation. So it felt like he was in the pack running. And they had, you know, timers and he understood how fast he was going and he was kept on course. And as I watched the last minute, last 30 minutes of this race, I hopped in at the end, it just became increasingly evident that he was going to do it because they didn't know if he was going to make it or not. And his goal was one hour, 59 minutes and 50 seconds. And over 42 kilometers and two hours, that's not a lot of margin for error, is it? It's crazy. And so there were so many, so many significant and beautiful moments in this race that I loved. And I want to share with you my favorite. I'm going to show it to you in a moment. It wasn't when he crossed the finish line with the time above him and we knew that he had done it. And it wasn't when he was handed this trophy with the official time on it, 159.40.2 seconds. Nor was it when he embraced his wife, which was a beautiful moment as well. But this, coming up here, was my favorite moment of the entire race. It's behind me. I'll hop out of the way. 
It's the men running behind him. It's his pacemakers who had 300 metres to go down the barrel, who had been with him in teams the entire race, peeled away from him and began to cheer and began to cheer and champion him home. That was my favourite moment of the race. These men in their own right are all professional elite athletes, world champions, record holders, Olympians, national champions against a variety, in a variety of running distances. And humility ran for him so he couldn't reach his goal. And the Holy Spirit whispered to me in that moment. I was watching and I began to cry. And he said to me, that's what family does. That's what family does. <laughs> and like I said, it takes humility for them to do what they have done. Great humility to recognize this man, I'm a good athlete, but he's better than me. And I want to do all that I can to see him achieve his goal. They were all at, at all the training sessions, learning the formations to be able to run with him properly. They would have seen him. They would have been with him, dined with him. They would have dreams and goals of their own. But in humility went, you know what? You're the man in this hour and we want to see you succeed. And I'll do everything and give all my ability and all my strength and all my might in this moment to champion you on. Even though I my name won't be on the trophy, I get to play a part in this. And, I get and I'm going to celebrate that. I'm going to celebrate that. And the Holy Spirit, I felt him say to him, to us, I'm calling my body to set pace for one another in this season. In humility to prefer others above ourselves and do all we can to come alongside one another to bring each other success. And I heard him say that, revealed to me, he revealed to me that pace setters do three things. And I want to share them with you. They set, I'll say all of them, and then I'll tell you, and then we'll talk them through a little bit. So they set the course for the race. They protect the runner and they set the pace. So Iliad's team, the running team around him, had a, literally a race marked out for them that was laser beamed onto the road. So they knew that they could run with precision the most efficient route for him. He didn't have to think about where is my positioning on the road, what's going on. He just got to trust the ones in front of him, that they were running the best course for him. And I was reminded of 1 Timothy 1.18. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare. What's Paul actually doing here? He's saying to Timothy, hey, Timothy, remember who you are. Hey, Timothy, don't let your eyes move off course. Hey, Timothy, I know the word spoken about you and I'm gonna remind you to remember it. Hey, Timothy, that's, that, what you're doing is awesome, but remember, eyes on the prize. This is where we're going. And I felt like God is saying in this season as pacemakers for one another, as a family, He's calling us to say to each other, hey, I know who you are. 
I know who you are and I'm going to champion that in you. I see who you are and I'm going to remind you who you are so it enables you to stay the course, so it keeps you on target, so it enables you to forge ahead. And of course, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, let us throw off everything that stops us and the sin that easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. Let us set our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right-hand side of the throne of God. We set the course for one another to run. They protect These gentlemen were actually in an arrow formation in front of him, like six of them, one, two, three, four, five, six. And then he had two flanked behind him. And it was for multiple reasons. Firstly, to break the headwind. Who knows that, and you often see cyclists do this. They ride together. They actually help one another. Someone will go in front and work hard so everyone else gets to slip into the, well, move into the slipstream. And they work hard and then they'll peel off and someone else will forge ahead. And what it actually is doing is breaking a wind barrier to enable everybody to move ahead to enable each one to move ahead easily. And that's exactly what they did for him. And also, not only that, to break the wind, but to protect him from the wind. To protect him from any other elements getting through to him. And essentially, they made a human shield. It was actually beautiful to watch. And in the last, and these were actually, it was, it was beautiful to watch the way they moved in and out. Because I don't know about you, but like these guys also were running two minute 50 kilometers as well. And so they had teams. He had like seven or so teams, I might be wrong, and they ran multiple times where they like cycled in and out. So they'd run for like five to nine kilometers and then another team would come in and they'd cycle out. But there were some of them who were there on repeat. And in his final, final portion of the race, they put his best friend like front and center in front of him. And even as he was running, you could see him looking over his shoulder and like encouraging him and yelling at him, keep going, you're almost there. We got this, we're with you, you've got this. You can do this. And I felt like God was saying that they raised a shield of faith. It's like raising a shield of faith for one another. That we go into battle for one another. That we protect one another. And not only that, that we cover one another's backs. We cover one another's backs. Romans 12, 10, love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honour. And I feel like God, and I've prophesied it here before, but I feel like a hallmark of this house is that there is no gossip among us. And that looks like protecting one another's backs. That looks like silencing the elements. Silencing whispers, things said in secret, things that would try to tear others down. We cover one another's backs here. And in the church, in the body of Christ, we cover one another's backs in love. And I want to read to you from Galatians 5, 24 to 26 out of the Passion Translation. (laughs) 
It's good. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the anointed one, have already experienced crucifixion. For everything connected with our self-life, self-life, was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. We must live in the Holy Spirit and follow after him. So may we never be arrogant or look down on one another. For each of us is an original. We must forsake all jealousy that diminishes the value of others. Instead of being jealous and saying, I'm an elite athlete. I can run as fast as him. You know what? I'm going to get on side with him. Because again, even though my name may not be on the trophy, I get to be part of the celebration. I get to be part of the victory. Essentially, I'm talking about laying down our lives for our friends. Laying down our own agenda. Laying down perhaps what is convenient to fight for one another, to fight for your destiny. I love it that I know that when I need it, there are a few people I can call who will absolutely go to war for me. I know it. And that's what we're called to for one another, to fight for one another. And of course, pace setters set the pace. (laughs) As the name suggests, they set the pace. And there's a consistency that is so required in that. And upon beginning, I want to read this to you because I don't want to get it wrong. Upon beginning the race, the goal was one hour, 59 minutes and 50 seconds, like I mentioned. And there was one point, and you could see their kilometer splits, you guys, and it was like 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 250, 248, 252, 250, 250, 250, 250. Okay, did anyone see the average there? So even in the moment of, whoa, hang on, things are a little bit out of balance here. We've gone too fast. Let's just hold it back. Let's find the rhythm again. Just keep going. It wasn't a, oh my gosh, we ran 2.48. It's all over. Abandon ship. Everyone, get out. We're not going to make it. It's all over. No, they readjusted. They readjusted and said, all right, slow pace. Slow the pace. It's actually crazy because over a kilometer, even two seconds, is like nothing. So we set pace for one another. We set pace when we go, hey, Iliad, you're just pushing a little too hard there, mate. Let's just find the flow. We find the flow of the Spirit again. Holy Spirit, how would you have us run in this season? How would you have me run this race? He's so kind and so compassionate that he makes sure that you won't miss a beat. You won't miss a beat. You just keep on keeping on. And we do it together. We do it as a family. It's beautiful. And I want to read to you, and I haven't got my scripture reference, but you'll know it. I believe it's Philippians. One thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining towards what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prizes of the outward call of God in Christ Jesus. And it looks like laying down our lives for one another and forgetting for what is behind, forgetting 
the kilometre that perhaps wasn't our greatest, but forging ahead, forging ahead and helping one another, helping one another find our rhythm again. And we just keep on going. We just keep believing. We just keep running. We just keep focused. And we just keep going and going. And it's awesome. And it doesn't matter how naturally gifted perhaps you feel you think you are at something or or perhaps there are things in your life that you just do effortlessly and without thinking. But there's a vulnerability in saying, you know what? I can't actually do this race alone. Iliad Kipchoge is currently the Olympic champion, world record holder. He's won since 2014. He's either won either or both every year of the Boston and London Marathon. Like, and they say he's like the best ever. He still went, I tried this before because he had and didn't make it in time. He said, actually, I need you. I can't do this alone. I need your pace. <laughs> I need your protection. I need your covering. I need your connection. I need your relationship. It was his relationship with his friend cheering him over the line that pushed him to keep going at the end. They say about him that when he is in pain, he smiles to get himself through it. And just counting it, all joy, and carrying on, and carrying on. And when you're surrounded by a team, and with those who love you, and who are for you, you don't even notice the difficulty at times. And you find the joy in forging ahead together as one. And I felt like God is saying that He's setting us up for success in this season. And the reality is that we can't win without one another. The goal and the dream that God has placed on your heart is so significant. Your life is significant. You're so valuable. What you've put on this earth to do, the dream of God placed in your heart is needed and it's vital for the kingdom to increase. But you're, you're never meant to run in isolation. And in fact, if you do, perhaps at times you might find yourself off course or find it difficult to readjust to the change of pace. But if you have people for you who are with you, championing you and saying, hey, you're doing a great job. We're with you and we're running and we're on target and you're going to make it. You're going to make it. And even if like, hey, there's a bit of an uphill at the moment, you know what? Victory is on the other side and we're with you. We're with you. And I feel like there are two, it's twofold tonight. I sense like God is saying, firstly, who are you called to set pace for in this season? Who are you called to run alongside? Who are you called to champion to cover, to protect, to go to battle for? Who are you called to run beside? Who are you called to cover? They're great questions. 
They're great questions because you can't win without one another. It's just impossible. And even that, who am I meant to, this, is, this blows my mind, who am I meant to break the headwind for so they don't have to? Like, who am I meant to win victory for so they get to walk in, like, the freedom of that and the fruit of that victory? Who do I lay my life down for in humility to see them succeed? So when the time comes, I'm able to peel back like a mother and father would and celebrate you crossing the finish line. And I even feel like tonight as I'm speaking that the Father's actually just depositing people within hearts tonight. I feel like there might be some really like, this is practical word. I feel like there might be some obvious ones for some of you or for all of you, but he's also gonna highlight a couple. Even now, for you to come alongside. And I also wanna encourage you, the reason that it's twofold, and I have touched on this, but again, as the best runner in the world, in humility, he said, it's not enough in my own strength to do it. I need you. And perhaps you've been one who at times have found it difficult to be vulnerable with others or difficult to let other people help you, difficult to receive from the family. And I felt actually like the father saying that that's the heart of an orphan it's a heart of an orphan that actually separates itself from family. It's the opposite of family. Separates itself and says, I'm rich and full and in need of nothing. I've got this covered. I'm a little battler here on my own. We'll make it. We've made it work till here. I'll make it work. No, don't worry about it. Just come and get a cuddle. <laughs> Just come into the family. You weren't meant to run alone. You weren't meant to run in isolation. And I sense like even in the body um, as a whole, this competitiveness and comparison, this does away with all of that. It totally just abolishes it because it says, I wanna give my life to see you succeed. And then it also says, hey, I can't run without you. Please come help me, come be on my team. Because I promise you that the Lord has things to do in the earth that have never been seen before through you. There are records to break. There are nations to win. Communities to be discipled. Through you, through the work of your hand, through the thing that he has called you to, through the family he's called you to raise, through the business that you own. There's so much for you, but you weren't meant to do it alone again. And even at times, it's, you can even feel, I sense like, oh, they wouldn't understand. You don't understand my race. You don't know what it's like to run 250 a kilometre. Well, maybe I don't, but I can come with you for a season. And then after that, perhaps I can come with you a little further. And pretty quickly, as you invite me into that space, I get to become match fit with you and train with you, and all of a sudden, my level increases, and my ability to run fast increases. Isn't it true? They say that to, when you play sport, it's actually better for you to play a team that can beat you. 
Like, I don't actually get better by going out on the court and handing someone a good flogging. I actually improve when I'm in a place that's difficult. <laughs> I've come up someone who's, you know, might be more skilled than I am. So when we run with people, iron sharpens iron. When we run with people who perhaps are smarter than we are, who sees, see things differently, who have the wisdom and experience of years, and we come in humility and we go, you know what, you're better at that than I am. Please show me how to run. The way you handle finance, I want to handle finance like that. Show me how to run. The way you understand that, the way you unlock the Word in that revelation, I want to live in that. Teach me how. Show me how to raise a family. I love the way you do that. I love the fruit of your life. Let me run with you for a season. And invite them in. Invite them in. Invite them in because I guarantee you that they'll love being part of your victory. They'll love being part of your success. Don't let pride keep you in isolation from others. Don't let, don't even let the fear, fear of rejection leave you behind. Not even leave you behind, but keep you at arm's length. Because I promise you, you're not rejected in this family. You're not rejected here. But there are ones who God has handpicked and He's even speaking to you. This is so cool because when you're thinking about Holy Spirit speaking to you about others, He's speaking to someone else about you. And so the point is that we all cross the finish line. But it's not actually about whether I make it or not. For these runners, it's irrelevant. It actually becomes irrelevant when you've died <laughs> to yourself and are enjoying a new experience of Jesus Christ just losing your using your body, it's very easy to run for others. It's very easy to run for others. I had received a phone call this morning from a friend. And she just spent, it was like, I saw it because it was like, this was the best eight minutes and 36 seconds of my week or of my morning. Because she just spent the entire time just reminding me who I am, encouraging me, encouraging me. She didn't realize that I was speaking tonight and just saying, hey, you're amazing. Hey, I see this in you. Hey, I champion about that, that about you. Hey, that thing that's unseen, she pointed to, and I love that you do that when no one notices. And I didn't even realize that I needed it until I had it. It was like needing nothing in return. Okay, love ya. <laughs> that was it. It's a wonderful friend. But we met called to be that for each other. I don't need anything from Deborah. It's my great privilege to love her and to champion her. And one of my other favorite times is when she calls me and says, Hey, Sarah, will you pray with me? Like, yes, I love those phone calls. Yes, because I'm so with her. I'm so with you. He's so with you. And of course, Jesus Christ is the greatest pace setter ever. So even if you have felt like maybe up until this point that you were setting your own pace, I'd like to suggest that you haven't been. 
But Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter, the finisher of your faith, he's been breaking the headwind for you. He's been covering you from the elements by faith. He's been covering you from behind. He's kept you on course and he's maintained your pace for you. And in brotherly love, we get to do that for one another. As we experience again our new existence of Jesus Christ using our bodies. It's no longer we who live, but Christ who lives in us. The life I live in the mortal, in the flesh, in the mortal body, I live through faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be attained through the law, Christ died for nothing. In fact, the race that you could never run in your own strength, you run by grace through faith. (sighs) Like we can't even run without Him. What the law was powerless to do, He did by sending His Son, Jesus. What we were powerless to do in our own strength, in the best of our ability, our greatest effort, our greatest training, our greatest trying, our greatest uphill sprints, couldn't do what Jesus did for us. And He enables us to run in freedom. Amen? Awesome. Praise God. I have no idea what the time is. Oh, it's right on time. (laughs) Of course it's... Right. And can I just say, like, 58, as in, like, we went one minute better. Anyway, it's all good. (laughs) Holy Spirit set the pace. It was a good run. It was great. Awesome. Thank you, Lord. So I thought it would be fun for us tonight to take a couple of minutes now and ask Holy Spirit, who would you have me set the pace for in this season? Because I promise you, it may not be who you think. And there's something from your life and your victory that they need. And so, Father, I thank you. Why don't you just close your eyes and just lean into the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to talk. I'm going to let him talk and speak to you. But I will pray for you very quickly. Father, I thank you that you are the ultimate pace setter. Holy Spirit, you're the ultimate trainer, and we love running with you. And Father, I ask, Lord, in this season, that you would speak to us, that you would show us who you'd have us come alongside and run behind and champion and lead into victory with you. Thank you, Jesus. felt like God even saying that there'll be different ones in different seasons. And that's awesome. And there might be the same ones for all the seasons. And that's awesome too. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Who would you have us lay our lives down for? (laughs) Wow. And brotherly love, preferring one another above ourselves. And enjoy the prize of seeing others cross the finish line. It's awesome. So awesome. Thank you, Father. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus. Because I hear him saying this will revolutionize the body of Christ. This will revolutionize the church. If we understand this, If we take a hold of this, that we're called to lay down our lives for others, actually, it's not about my race. (laughs) It's not actually about my race. But it's about seeing others do better than me and be better than me and go further than I can and doing all I can to ensure that they get there. That's the greatest joy. That's the greatest joy. better than I do. I want them to be more accurate and more on target and shift things better than I do. I shift things, but I want them to shift better than I do. That's the heart of the Father that recognizes, hey, like, I love you, son and daughter, and I just want you to be all you can be. I want you to be all that I see you can be. spot on the podium. (laughs) But we got someone else there above ourselves. What a joy. What a joy. What a privilege to love one another like that. To prefer one another to lay our lives down. And in love, you know, he doesn't owe them anything. They're not saying, oh, do you think you could add my name to the trophy or add my name in the record somewhere? I researched this race after and read multiple articles, multiple, and I didn't find the name of one Paysetter. They talked about them. So I found out that they were Olympians and elite athletes from different nations, different distances. Never saw a name. <laughs> Must be ones that run like that. That you don't owe me anything. But I'll train for you. I'll run my best for you. I'll take the wind for you because I believe in you. 
because I believe in the calling over your life, because I believe you have something to offer the kingdom that no one else has, and that He moved heaven and earth for you. So I will do all I can, all in my mind and my strength alongside the Holy Spirit to see you do all that's in your heart to do. Let's live like that, hey? Sounds, I think that's a great way to live. It's a good way to live. Amen. Amen. Well, I we're just in this attitude of who felt like they heard from the Holy Spirit tonight as we were waiting? Awesome. I'd encourage you, keep leaning in and asking the Holy Spirit. And then put legs to it. Put legs to love. Love looks like something. You know, it's so funny. What I often say, I'm meant to be wrapping up. What I say to Lucy, you know, you think this is so funny. This, my mom used to say this to me and now I say it. Lucy, we obey immediately, cheerfully and completely. And I think that way about the Holy Spirit sometimes. When He prompts me to do something, that it's always best for us to obey immediately, cheerfully, and completely. Not because there's a consequence, because we recognize that His ways are better. And so if He's put someone on your heart, multiple people, I encourage you, ask. Don't just ask, Lord, who? Take it a step further and say, Lord, what would you have me do? Leg it out. That's what I like to say before I have to run up a hill. Leg it out. Open up your stride. Put legs to the love. Lord, what would you have me do? And obey. Immediately, cheerfully, and completely. So you're not like, oh, oh. No, you don't have to have those moments. You just hear it and obey. It's a good way to go. Amen. Awesome. And it's a joy because it always produces excellent fruit the best kind of fruit, the best kind. Awesome. I love you. How you doing? You okay? Awesome. Let me pray for you real quick and we'll finish. And then I'm going to have some of my friends come and help me minister. It's going to be glorious. <laughs> well, thank you, Lord, for the great joy of running for one another. And thank you, Jesus. Wow. That you joyfully gave yourself who for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. And it's a joy, it's a joy to lay down our lives for one another. Let it be said about this house that they were known for their love for one another. Let it be said of our lives that we gave ourselves in love to see other people succeed, to see other people flourish, to see their dreams come true. We thank You, Father. the joy, for the joy of seeing others succeed, for the joy of seeing them walking in destiny and promises and fulfillment. Ah, oh, it's exciting to see them living in the days ordained and the promise of God for their lives. Amen. Amen. I love, one thing I love about the prophetic is that like we champion who people are, but we see where they're going. And then when they get there or that promise is fulfilled, it's like, yeah. 
It's like these guys. Yes, you believed. Yes, you ran the race. Yes, you didn't give up. You kept your eyes on the prize. You kept your eyes on the goal. You kept it in front of you. And then we go, all right, what's next? (laughs) What record, what barrier do we get to break next? And I guarantee you, just like him, your individual victory will become a corporate inheritance. And you watch over the next 10, 15, 20 years, multiple people begin to break the two-hour barrier in a marathon race. Amen? Awesome. Praise God. Well, before we minister to one another tonight, I'd love to give you the opportunity to know Jesus if you don't already. It's as simple as that. (laughs) My goodness, He loves you with an everlasting love. And our King Jesus came and gave Himself for you and died so you'd never have to run alone. And maybe you felt at times and in seasons that you've run in isolation. And I hear the Lord saying, you don't have to do that anymore. You don't have to do that anymore. There's a family ready for you. Not just this family, but the family of Father God, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And you're invited into that family tonight because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. The Bible says, His body was broken for us. His blood poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. So we can know God. So we can know God and not live, like I said, separated from Him. But live as one and give our lives to Him. And walk with Him. And know Him. Know the one who is life itself. And love itself. Love personified. If you've never given your heart to Jesus Christ or known Him in relationship, in a personal relationship as a friend, I'd like to invite you tonight. This is your night to do that. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to partner with us in spreading the gospel to the nations, you can do so via our website, www.glorycitychurch.com.au. We would love to hear from you. If you have a prayer need, please send us an email at infoglorycitychurch.com.au. We would also love to hear your testimonies. You can email these praise reports to infoglorycitychurch.com.au. God bless.